0: where there's a will there's a way
1: hello everyone and welcome to raw recovery a trudging together podcast my name is dion and i will be your host today you know it's been a little while since we've done a podcast and um i'm really looking forward to a lot of the podcasts that are coming up um i had three this week but we had to do some rescheduling uh, you know how it is. Life goes. Life is life, man. And I like to keep this show very organic and and flowing. So, um, it's also kind of been a rough week for me, man. So I'm looking forward to doing a podcast, getting out of myself, maybe do a little bit of healing while I am here. So, without no further ado, I'd like you to introduce you to a fast upcoming good friend of mine, Amber, who has taken her time today to share her story. Thank you, Amber, for coming on the show.
0: Yeah, thank you, Dion. Um, And I am Amber. I'm a real alcoholic. And I do want to start off uh, by saying how excited and grateful I am Uh to be sharing with you guys today. Thank you. Um, And to have found the podcast myself, because a few of the stories that I've heard so far have definitely helped me in one way or another. Yeah. Um, So... That's that's the beauty of you know the AA program is yes. sharing and it, you know helping others really gets you like you said out of yourself
2: mm-hmm. and
0: helps you heal. So yeah. Um, yeah, to kind of start off with the, you know the beginning of my story, I definitely remember um, drinking from a very young age. Yeah, uh, okay. whether or not it was snagging drinks at the grown ups' parties. Yeah. Um, or just going to parties on my own. Um, but yeah, yeah, recently here I remembered something that was happened when I was like 14 or 15 where I was at a uh, a garage party is what we called it. Yep. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, and, and I remember my friend, he brought beer and he asked me if I wanted a beer. And I told him, no, I only drink hard liquor because I only drink <laughs> to get drunk. <laughs> You know, and and I was 14. like, you know, maybe when I, maybe when I'm older, I'll enjoy the actual taste of alcohol. I'll drink it just to drink it for the taste. But no, even back then, I was drinking it <laughs> to get drunk. Um, oh. And so I didn't ever really think about it that way until I started working the AA program and thinking what, about like the alcohol. What a
1: grown-up thing to say. You know, that's yeah. a very grown-up. Yeah. You know, I don't prefer that. I prefer the fine taste of whiskey, thank you. You know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I'm like I'm at a,
0: you know, high school freshman garage party. Why are you bringing beer?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, <laughs> and so I didn't really think about it as alcoholic thinking. I just thought of it as you know young teenage party <laughs> mode. Um, that was my thinking. You know, and sure. and that thinking. Stuck with me very, you know, into my 20s and everything like that, but it stuck with me all through my teenage years too. Um, Even as a teenager, I went to a high school in Denver um, and we would skip class constantly to go and, uh, you know, shoulder tap, which is, you know, standing outside of a liquor store asking someone to buy you a bottle and um, that you'd buy them a beer or whatnot too if they went in and bought you that bottle. And uh, I, I the school itself was in downtown Denver, so getting to you know either Colfax or yeah. uh, the Sixteenth Street Mall was really easy, quick. Yeah. Uh, even Civic Center Park was easy to get to. Okay. Spent lots of hours talking to random people in that park. Okay. Um, <laughs> and yeah, even on days of not uh, having money, you know, it would. How do I get that next drink? How do I get yeah. that next drink? And I would literally. Uh, Walk up and down the 16th Street Mall and ask rich people, you know, excuse me, mister, I I lost my bus money. Do you have a dollar for the bus? Granted, this was when it was only 75 cents to get on the bus. Um, But I would rack up money. Yeah, I'd rack up money and then I'd have enough to go and shoulder tap at the liquor store, and it would be almost a recurring thing, yeah. whether or not it was nightly, but it was at least every weekend. I remember okay. it at least every weekend, Friday, yeah. Saturday, and then I'd go back to school, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Okay. Uh, even sixteen, I uh, started doing online school, so I had a free schedule to, you know, I got a job, worked full time. Um, and I had one day off a week and while I was going to high school, um, and on that one day off a week, I'd get off on Friday about four o'clock. So I'd have all of Friday night off and all of Saturday off. And I wouldn't go back to work till Sunday, about 2 PM. So I'd have about, you know, a good 20, 48 hours or so is how my mind looked at it. And so I would party hard during that time, um, about 17 I started doing go-go dancing and getting into the rave scene and just a lot of other stuff you know and um still drinking really heavily and so you know and and just always partying it was just that party mentality I like to um it says in the big book you know that we like to be the director we like to be running the show that was very much me it was okay um what am I going to miss if I don't, if I don't go to that party? Yeah. Too? Wow.
1: Yeah. So, Been a long yeah. time since I thought of that, you know, Yeah, I didn't want to miss out, you know,
0: on an experience or a dj or something you know and um yeah so the all those things chasing the next high chasing the next party Mm -hmm. of course if a boyfriend couldn't keep up that boyfriend was gone and i'd have another one the next day you know nothing really serious for a long long time (laughs) um and yeah in my early 20s um i turned 21 i lost my grandfather about a month before I turned 21. Okay. Um, And he lived on the Western slope. So pretty much Utah. He lived in between grand junction um, and Mm -hmm. um, all those places up there. Yeah. So he uh, had a house up there and, you know, essentially my mom was like, well, your lease for your apartment's about to be up. You just quit your job. Why don't you go move up there and, you know, take care of the property um, uh, and find a job up there, pay me right. rent, this, 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 and that, you know? So I kind of took her up on her opportunity. Um, and I moved out there with a boyfriend at the time, um, our dog and our cat yeah. and pretty much started a whole new life. It was, I, I uh-huh. grew up in Denver my entire life, you know? Yeah.
1: What, what a switch.
0: Yeah, It That's- was, it was, a. Tiny tiny town. It's called DeBec and yeah, it has a population four hundred people. Yeah, yeah. Don't blink. So it it was a total culture shock. Um, I went to the Grand Junction uh area courthouse to actually get my twenty one ID and everything, uh-huh. you know, the horror. Four- horizontal ID that's right uh, <laughs> the versus the vertical uh because I was ready for that one of course that's right and you know so my boyfriend he was also an alcoholic he had a warrant out and so he couldn't go and uh you know get his social or his birth certificate and really wow. get a good job while he was out there so I was the one working full time. I actually was working at a bar, bartending, okay. uh, as well as waitressing. And it was a it was in um parachute, which is the next town over. Yeah. Um, and so I wouldn't drink on my shift. But as soon as my shift would in, I would drink. Oh, yeah. And, you know, then I started getting scared of the mountain driving while drinking. Yeah. And
1: all that stuff. Especially, <clears throat> especially over there by parachute. Yeah. One road, that's just Mr. Windy. Exactly. And, I, and I, it's like Death Road. I forgot what they call it, but.
0: Yeah, I I would close the bar about, you know, 2 a.m. And then drive by myself back to Debeck. And it was at least a 30-minute driver. Well, yeah. probably about 20-minute drive. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so then I started having my coworker drive me. And I told him, of course, it was the – I was dishonest, right? Sure. And told him it was the fear of driving, which – it was a little bit, yeah. but not really. It was because I wanted to drink. <laughs> it's because
1: you were drunk and driving, but. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so. Still, you know, still
1: legitimate fear, though.
0: Yes. You know yes. what?
1: And I, I appreciate, even though you were lying, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. You know, I didn't want to, one, hurt somebody else, but two, yeah. not hurt myself. Or, you know, there's so many deers and people lose their life yeah. on that highway so much. Um, but yeah, so that didn't help it. It didn't help that I had an alcoholic boyfriend sitting at home all day, every day drinking too. Yeah. Um, and eventually uh, that boyfriend left and man, I just kind of went to uh, one of those rabbit hole spirals where okay. you know I just, I was secluded uh, because one yeah. I had left Denver, all of the people I knew, all the things I knew and moved to this tiny town and just secluded myself, you yeah. know? Um, I ended up, uh, you know, deciding to move back to Denver and get back with that alcoholic boyfriend and try okay. again. And, sure. you know, okay. and, and we, I worked back at the pizza place that we were at and we were actually allowed to drink on the job at the pizza place, you know, uh-huh. according to the owner, at least. And so, you know, <laughs> it was one of those jobs where I stuck around because I could drink on the job, not oh, because shoot. I, i enjoyed making pizza by any means um and so you know that that eventually failed epically and i had another failed relationship again Mm -hmm. after that um but the failed relationship after that actually is one of the ones that kind of was like hey you have a drinking problem you know like I've heard it before because it runs in my family. Okay. Uh, my grandmother passed away from this disease. Okay. My grandfather, he didn't die from the disease, but he actually was a recovering alcoholic. Okay. He had been working the program for about 14 years. Yay. He passed away on his motorcycle in a freak accident in a rainstorm, uh, but he died doing way, what he, he loved. wanted to. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. And he didn't die old. He didn't want to die old. He didn't want, yeah. you know, he, he was a badass. He was in a, um, uh, biker, biker crew called a uh, soldiers for Jesus. Um, and so, you know, yeah. he was a very religious guy. So him and I didn't see eye to eye on that. Sure. And of course, sure. since he was in AA being a religious man, I <laughs> thought AA was a religious program for sure. the longest time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, so I've I have a lot of and the alcoholism doesn't only run because those are the two people on my mom's side. My mom's also an alcoholic. She is a uh, she's been sober for nineteen years, but she does not work the program. Um, so she is okay. unfortunately still in in her own hole some days. Oh, um, man. so yeah, maybe someday she'll be open, honest, and willing to give it a shot. Yeah. Um, because her father did it and now her daughter's doing it and that you know it's all about um per, you know promotion uh attraction attraction not promotion, you know so in my mind yep exactly so and and so at least she's sober but yeah it's, yeah it's definitely a battle um and then of course it's on my father's side as well and so it's it's Deep in my family. Yeah. And so, you know, um, but yeah, that boyfriend, you know, he was like, I think you have a drinking problem. And of course, you know, me being in love, I'm like, oh, I'll do anything for you. I'll go to AA. <laughs> and so I, I tried it, you know, Okay, I, I kind of got scared by that God word. Um, This is sure. before COVID. So it was before um, Zoom really took off, you know. There okay. were online meetings now that I'm finding out by old timers like <laughs> yes, there there were online meetings, I've but been you going went through, to
1: for a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like through AOL Messenger and stuff like that. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so but yeah, anyways, it was an in-person meeting that I originally went to and so I got scared by the hand-holding, praying, the God word, mm. the fact that they uh, had the rule, or not the rules, but the steps up on the wall on a yeah. big coaster. And in my mind, I was like, those are rules. You know, I was sure. barely yeah. 21. I'm like, man, I just got legal drinking. Don't take this away from me. But I do <laughs> need to stop for a while. Yes, exactly. you know, so, so I did stop for about a year on my own. Um, okay. Actually decided, you know, I cleared my thoughts in my head, realized how, um, bad that relationship really was for me, even though yes, he did help me to an extent. Um, so I ended up, you know, getting my own apartment for the very first time. I had always had, uh, roommates or, um, couch hopping, all sorts of
1: different shit. When when you're Um, a drinker, that's how you live. Exactly. Yeah.
0: exactly yes when you are a drinker having your own place is not your uh it's not a very good goal. idea no. yeah exactly because you're already lonely you know you're already yeah. lonely so yeah, yeah i'm now seeing that that i surrounded myself by people constantly um and so yeah even as a child i actually would go i have a brother that he's closest in age to me he's eight years yeah. younger than me though All and i right. go in like when he was like four or five I'd go crawl into his bed at night because I was afraid of dying alone so Uh, that's like that's how severe sometimes the alcoholic thinking gets and how early it is when you're born with this disease was like that was how I wasn't even drinking at that time and that's how lonely I felt you know I,
1: I agree I mean when I look back I was always a lying little manipulative shit I was always. Yeah, I have never until I got into AA understood what honesty actually was. I thought I had it down. I was so wrong. If you're like, you're brutally honest, I'm like, yeah, I know, I'm that honest. That's not good honesty. (laughs) That's taking people's inventories. That's what brutal honesty is.
0: So, yep, exactly. Being too blunt sometimes isn't just good honesty, and that's how I am as well, very much. You know, so, yeah, I get my own place and I kick the boyfriend out and I'm doing really good. And, you know, things are since then, things have gone good. I can tell you that, you know, even though I've had my 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 flow of things. Um, But that's really when I started to think about it in a different way. Like, okay, yeah, there is something else going on here than just party Amber teenager you know Mm
2: -hmm. and so
0: um I stayed sober for a year I decided um you know things were good that I could I was barely 22 23 yeah Uh, yeah I think I was 23 at that time and I'm like okay I can do controlled drinking you know I wasn't working the program didn't know about progression didn't know about all these other tools didn't know about the phenomenon of and maybe it was a stage
1: you know maybe you were just exactly going through, like, through the mm-hmm. stage
0: exactly i thought it was the stage and i also thought i could not be the alcoholic like that That's my right. mom my dad and all these other people were you know i was successful i was i graduated high school all through yeah. online high school
1: while working full time. are you the oldest i am yes okay. i kind of yeah figured. my,
0: my mom you sound has, like the, you,
1: you sound like the hero of the family also mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I am at this point now the monarch of the family um, on my mom's side because she has a lot of mental disorders and my okay. uncle just passed away back in November. Uh-huh. Um, and so he pretty much passed that down to me. Uh, okay. So yeah it's been it's been an interesting interesting ride of sobriety this time yeah um, but yeah so I went out tried some controlled drinking, was successful ish for about nine months but still okay. could not control it. And essentially towards the end of that nine months, I was uh, working at uh, an escape room and I was essentially the manager of the escape room okay. where I had, I, I would, and I didn't have a set schedule. It was all based on bookings, right? So like if somebody- uh, booked makes Only one or two bookings throughout the day, then I would go in during that time and I'd yeah. have the rest of the day to myself. Um, but that also led to a lot of, self-destruction because yeah. I was alone at the escape rooms all the time yeah. and there was a liquor
1: store right next door so yeah. I was okay got, got to know I, Bob next door at the liquor store real well didn't you
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and so you know it was one of those things where it was like I just would go to the liquor store and drink okay. on the job and then unfortunately drive home um, and so, one of those nights that I drove home, though, I decided I was going to go to the King Supers um, and dinner and bring dinner home. And in between King Supers and home, I blacked out and ended up wrecking my car um, into a parked car in Denver. Okay. So, luckily, oh, hold on, I'm getting another call. There we go. And so luckily I didn't hit a person or, you know, a a car with people in it or anything like that. Like seriously, my higher power, I I consider my higher power, my ancestors, my guardian angels. So in my mind back then, I'm like my guardian angels, they helped, you know, but I also realized, okay, nobody's hurt. So I have a bunch of pissed off Denver people because they came out of their houses and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I'm not going to deal with this. So I I ran. Oh, You took off. OK, I took off. And so um, I did end up getting picked up by the police. And I don't really remember getting picked up by the police officer yeah. necessarily. But I do remember telling the officer that, no, I wasn't drinking while driving. I wasn't going to breathalyze for him, you know, just just totally not being cooperative at okay. all you know and then of course ending up in the drunk tank at detox yeah. and not being cooperative with them and finally sobering up enough to the point where you know they tell me well we're not gonna let you go upstairs with the other people until you breathalyze and then you sober up and we let you go yeah so then i'm like okay well now i really want a fucking cigarette and so yeah. i am like, hey, oh <laughs> breathalyze me you asshole and so I get breathalyzed, I go upstairs, I don't eat food, I don't do any of the things that they tell me to do. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, they're like, well, it's time for you to go. And I'm sitting there thinking I got off, you know, scot-free, just had to spend a night in fucking detox. And then, right. no, the lady shows me my tickets because they don't show you your tickets until you get out.
1: Until you leave because and- it's in your property.
0: Exactly. Yep. And I didn't get a DUI uh, ticket, but I did oh. get a uh, ticket for leaving the scene and I got a ticket for reckless driving. Okay. Um, Which would have been more points than a DUI anyways. So I would have been essentially losing my license if I would have gotten stuck with both of those. Sure. Uh, and I knew what was coming. So I sobered up. I went back to AA again. Yeah. Um, and I also lawyered up because I just, well, I had the money at least at that point because okay. I worked my ass off, you know? Sure. And so, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't, it didn't go well with the boyfriend after that, of course, because sure. I, I was still dating the same guy that I did the year, um,
1: yeah. And he was the, already so long- concerned
0: not the one that told me you have a drinking problem right oh. that's the one that's the one i kicked out but i i actually started dating my current boyfriend his name is scott okay. and scott and i have actually known each other for like 13 14 years now yeah. at this point okay. and so we've known each other through that party high school scene yeah. and like that's how we know each other is and it's the the per-
1: and he knows you yeah
0: yes yes and so he, you know he he knows
1: the real amber
0: yeah. So he got to see me sober there for like the last six months of that year. And then he got to see me drink for the nine months. He got to okay. see me wreck my car. He picked me up from detox. Um, and he made me, you know, of course, promise him that I was going to stop drinking and sure. get help and all that stuff. And so and I met did, it.
1: you met, and it. I did, I, I, I did.
0: And so I went and, like I said, I went to D- uh, uh, AA again. And this time I ended up at the Arid Club off of like 10th and uh, Wadsworth, Wadsworth, I think. Yeah. yeah, 10th and Wadsworth. And you know, I was going in a little bit more open-minded that time.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: not, not as close-minded as the first time, but still that God word and holding hands and praying. Sure. I was just like, man.
1: Yeah, you, you knew I what can- to expect this time.
0: Yes, yes. I knew what to expect. And I definitely went a lot longer than the first time. Okay. Um, but I still didn't go long enough to one get a sponsor or two read the big book or even learn the steps, you know. Mm. I still didn't even learn about progression. That blows my mind that I still was just in in that big of a delusion that I still didn't even hear the word progression at one of these meetings. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. So, anyways, yes, I left again, and I decided I was going to do it all on my own. But at that point, yes, I had decided that I was an alcoholic, and so I stayed sober for three years for that one okay. um, without any help. Uh, but during that time, I was very, very irritable, restless, and discontent.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and it wasn't like that first year that I did of sobriety. You know, it was like I they you know, I hate the word pink cloud, but that's really kind of how it was because it was yeah. my first time in 10 years being sober yeah. for a year. Um, and then the second time of being sober that first year, same thing. It was like, Oh my God, I didn't get a DUI. Uh, mm-hmm. I went to court and everything. Anyways, I got the lawyer dyed my hair blonde. So I looked like an innocent little girl and, uh, the, <laughs> you know, I did all this shit. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I the lawyer ended up getting me a good deal, which probably in my case, I should have gotten the bad deal. So that way, I would have hopefully learned a lesson. Okay. But at this point, you know, I, now that I've worked the steps, I totally 100% agree with that line from the big book, you know, uh, you won't regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it, you there know, is. It, for the longest time, I was like, man, that judge should have nailed me. I would have stayed sober. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have stayed sober. I know. Yeah,
1: shit. the same thing would have happened. Yeah. Except but it would have yeah, been so, worse.
0: Yeah. But so for that three years, you know, the first year was good because all I got out of that ticket, um, they dropped the, uh, leaving the scene ticket so all I got was the careless driving ticket so it was only four points so I got to keep my license I had to do 20 hours of community service which I ended up fucking doing at my uncle's elk lodge which is literally beer haven if anyone knows what an elk lodge is was
1: hang out yeah I wasn't
0: I wasn't drinking but I was literally just hanging out exactly
1: yeah (laughs) I paid I, I paid somebody to do my community service hours for me
0: yep see you know what it is i also i I paid someone to do my math on online school because yeah math on online does not make sense to me (laughs) that dishonesty you know that's it yeah Um, and so yeah and so the first year was good because i was like man i didn't get fucked by the judge i'm sober again um and i actually got pregnant too and we were expecting, you know, we were trying, we weren't expecting it because we had actually been trying for quite a while and it happened. And so then, you know, that was even more reason to stay sober. Um, I had, uh, I had to quit smoking cigarettes. So that was extremely hard, white knuckling it, not smoking cigarettes and being pregnant. Um, And so it was just, yeah, pregnancy was very difficult. And then I also had, um, actual pregnancy difficulties. I had preeclampsia and they ended up having to induce me. And so it was a lot of, and my son spent five days in the NICU because he was only four pounds. Wow, He was completely healthy. Thank God he was completely healthy. Um, but it did end up being an emergency C-section. Um, you know, just doctors, the, all the doctors, the entire process just seemed to not really care. We just felt like we were treated like another number too. Um, So after that, you know, I came out of that with a lot of PTSD, of course, didn't want to drink still because I was a new mom, knew that that wasn't a good idea, but I did want to smoke cigarettes. And I started fucking sneaking cigarettes from my boyfriend and it Mm -hmm. turned into this huge fight because I was breastfeeding and things like Uh, that. And so, you know, it it was just like if I would have been sneaking alcohol though. Just yeah, like that, just, you know?
1: It's the same behavior.
0: Yeah, exactly. And of course, yeah. I didn't realize that until now when I've been working the steps and stuff like that. Now I'm yeah. seeing my side of the street.
1: I'm Thank just like, know. oh,
0: I'm not. Yeah, we I'm got not... a little kid. I'm
1: going to play with the kid. Hey. Oh, <laughs>
0: you Say hi. Say hi. Hi.
1: hi. What's your name? Hi. Isaac. Wow, Isaac. How old are you? Me. You're three? Wow. I'm 52.
2: That's a
0: lot. <laughs>
1: <huh>? <laughs> You're a cutie, Isaac.
0: Thank you for Say thank, thank you. you for saying hi. Yeah, good job. Are you playing? Good. Um, yeah, so I got pregnant with him. He came along and I snuck the cigarettes, but then I put those back down again, too. Um, and then you know, I did decide that, um, I don't know, after about two and a half years of sobriety, I decided well, maybe I can drink like a normal person someday again, yeah. right? But but to be completely honest with you, I actually, ha- and everyone that'll be listening to this, I guess, but <laughs> I had that reservation that someday I would have a drink at, let's say, my yeah. wedding. Lurking right?
1: notions. The yeah.
0: lurking notion. It yeah. was never like, oh, if somebody dies, okay? Because mm-hmm. I've lost a lot of fucking people yeah. and most of them because of alcohol. So it's not like, that ever went through my mind but it was like my wedding um certain occasions like that right it's it's the happy
1: occasions that actually get us
0: yeah exactly and so i had that reservation i had that lurking notion which once again i still didn't know the big book so i didn't know this and so yeah I, i somehow my brain it talks about it in the big book you know how we're going to forget the suffering the humiliation yeah. from oh, even a day know. a week yeah. a month all that ago and yeah that's exactly what my brain did my brain forgot totaling my car going to jail yep. going to all this stuff the um, and yeah the fights yeah the dishonesty all of it and so you know um at, at two and a half years i was like well you know it it my 3 year mark I'm not gonna go out and drink on my three year mark, but after three years, I'll be cured. I'll be able to drink like normal people. Oh yeah, people. once you have that
1: chip, you're like, yeah, I did it, and yeah, yeah.
0: you know. And I wasn't even actually getting
1: extinct. chips. And yeah,
0: it's
1: so natural is not it? Doesn't it feel. Oh yeah, that's natural. Dotty dotty da, da, da
0: Yeah, and I've heard of it in a different um, from someone else that you know we give ourselves rewards that we like mm-hmm. to reward ourselves. And then she like uh made it seem like we were puppies and it made me laugh yep. like we're we're gonna get a little treat because we stayed sober for two months, right. you know? Give me a treat, give me a treat. Exactly. <laughs> um so yeah, after that three years, about a month or so after that three years, around fourth of July, actually, I think it was, I went back out. Um and it didn't, you know, it wasn't anything bad. I never went out and wrecked another car. Um, but you like, you you emphasize the fights, the yep. fights started happening again. Um, and I've known Scott for so long. We've been best friends for this long. Yeah. We shouldn't be fighting like this, you exactly. know? Um, so and then, of course, you know, me not being present for Isaac, not being present for our animals. We have two cats. Well, we didn't have two cats while I was drinking, but we have two dogs. We have okay. a hamster. We have fish. So we have things and we have goals too. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're starting to slack on our goals. Scott and I actually run a company together as well. Okay. So we work together, we live together, we do everything together. Isaac, yeah. when he's not at preschool, he's with us. Um, you know, so it was one of those things where it was mm-hmm. like I was not present for anyone. Yeah. And I didn't want to kill myself, but during that time of drinking, I was out drinking and it was harder to put the drink down this time too. Oh. Um, and in the lying came up quicker than before I yeah. started sneaking drinks quicker than before. Mm-hmm. Um, our agreement was when I did go back out drinking that I was only supposed to be drinking seltzers. And okay. of course I'd be sneaking vodka into my
1: seltzers.
0: Yeah. Like the progression that progression and, and it, i thought it
1: and it's fast too
0: yeah and i thought it was all because i was having to i was having somebody control my drinking yeah. not because of progression yeah, <laughs> not because of me wanting more and more and more i thought it was just because oh i had to drink this much before he noticed yeah. you know things like that and that that alcoholic delusion that we're really fucking in. And I heard, I heard this in a meeting. I think it was this morning too, where, you know, we would, I would, I would make up things in my head where like, you know, if I took a drink or two drinks, but if nobody saw it, it didn't happen. It didn't
1: happen. Yeah.
0: It didn't fucking happen. And I would lie my ass off. Like I did with that cop to the point where you really can't prove it unless you breathalyze me, you know? Yeah. you know which is unfortunate you know and that that's actually something that came up on the last day of my drinking was um you know it was at that point i was lying about the alcohol and um putting our son in danger and uh i that night i had you know of course um so that day actually 11 11 i went and saw my uncle in the hospital because he had um tumors mm-hmm. on is this his the one spine. that just
1: recently passed.
0: Okay. Yeah. And he had tumors on his spine and on his liver. They oh. didn't know about the one on his liver, but they knew about the one on his spine when I went yeah. to go see him. Um, And he went in because he was having back pain. And this guy is one of the types of guys he does construction. He does okay. like interior, you know, modeling and stuff like that. And so he's a hard worker Um, and he worked through most of it, right. And just chalked it up to back pain, didn't go to the doctor, didn't care for take care of himself. Um, and so, yeah, so I went and saw him on 11, 11 of 2022 and, you know, it was really hard seeing him like that. I could see this very strong man, just very sick in bed, you know, pale, all that stuff. and And yeah. And, um, I drank. On my way to the hospital down to Denver, and okay. then of course after I saw him, I drank, of course too. I, I actually stopped at the liquor store yeah, on yeah, Broadway, uh huh, on Broadway and I don't know it was South Broadway somewhere, and I stopped okay. and got shooters and drank them right there in the parking lot and fucking drove all the way back to Broomfield. And um, before I came home, I got more shooters and you know of course lied to my boyfriend about that too and yeah. it was just really bad and you know he could tell that I w- had been drinking and I just uh, of yeah. course kept they always I,
1: know it's because we changed. Knows. well yeah. he's known you for 14 years
0: he, yeah. knew
1: the, he knew the second it touched your tongue exactly like, yeah he did
0: and um yeah and then I kept blaming it on you know my uncle being sick and all this stuff and sure. uh you know what was really odd and I still still think it's odd to this day and I'm I'm sure I'll get something out of it eventually but my uncle is not a religious guy either like he I at least know that there's like a higher power and stuff like that and, but he was like no 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 uh yeah. he had been sober for 10 years but would not touch the AA program because he thought it was religious yeah um and so but he he really helped everyone around him like he used his skills to go and remodel people's houses like i could probably list off 10 people that when he passed away they were like my your uncle redid my bathroom or my kitchen or this and i'm gonna have to look at his work every day now and think about him and i'm like well i have to look at his possessions what do you think there Yeah, so he did service work in his own way, and that's what kept him happy, joyous, and free, okay? A lot of people do that,
1: and it's okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, but he didn't even realize it, or maybe he did, I don't know. Um, So that's how he (laughs) stayed sober for 10 years um, and died sober as well. and uh but anyways the chaplain the weird part about it the chaplain came into his room and before he thought before anybody thought he was dying right I just went to go see him in the hospital
1: yeah
0: (laughs) but the chaplain came in and when she came in my heart sank I knew something wasn't right I knew they don't send in the chaplain just for no fucking reason and I call immediately like my uncle Sean was like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to go to hospice. I'm going to be fine. Don't worry. I'm going to be fine. This was on a Friday, right? And then Saturday I was detoxing Sunday. I believe I went and saw him or maybe I was still detoxing that day too. Um, but I think it was Monday, you know, Monday, we for sure got the call that he was only had a couple days left. Yeah. And that he did have liver cancer and that it was not good. Um, and so his daughter is actually six months older than me. And my okay. uncle, Sean, uh, she, uh, my uncle, Sean, her dad was our soccer coach, our softball coach. He taught me how to rollerblade. He, he taught me a lot of shit in life. Um, we have a cabin up in Conifer that our great, great grandparents built. He taught me how to properly take care of the cabin. He's taught me a lot of life stuff, right? Um, And so I immediately, Ariel and I, we've been best friends growing up too. But that escape room that I was working at, that I was also drinking at, she stayed on when I decided to leave. And me being stuck in my alcoholic thoughts, I was pissed off at her for not leaving too. Yeah. <laughs> and it caused this huge <laughs> fight.
1: Yeah. We hadn't
0: talked for like a year and a half. And we were like sisters growing up, you know? And so uh when Uncle Sean, you know, when we got that call that he only had a couple days left, her and I literally set everything aside and just was there for him. And mm-hmm. that day was you know, it was very interesting, but we hugged and we, you know, we didn't like talk about our issue, but it was yeah. like, okay, we need to move forward yeah. for the better of the family, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, that, yeah. And he passed away on Thursday. So we, you know, he, he, he went into the hospital on November 5th and died on the 17th. So okay. 12 days is yeah, how is. quickly, but like yeah. I said, he never went to the doctor who knows yeah. how long he really had this? Um, but you know, it was one of those really it was a fucking shocker for us. It sure. really was. He was only 54. Um, so it was it was hard. Um yeah. and so yeah, my mom, you know, she deals with a lot of stuff. My uncle Sean was her rock. He also financially helped her. And since he's died, uh, she's pretty much crawled under a rock and yeah. not talked to anyone. Um she i'm sorry it's okay
1: um she uh
0: also sean on i mean he's been talking about what he wants what he wanted what passed down to for a while Uh like for example like ariel gets his you know savings in his car and whatever else he can sell and he's been talking about this for years now, too, which kind of made us think maybe he knew something was going on.
1: Yeah, maybe um, he did know.
0: And so and Ariel, she's never gonna have kids. And I have a kid, and the only other one that the cabin would get passed down to would is my brother Dylan, and he's mm-hmm. barely twenty-one. Um, yeah. so Sean, and I'm the only one that ever goes up to the cabin and takes yeah. care of it and stuff like that too. So Sean has been talking about it for five years now that he's going to pass that down to me. And so he did on his deathbed, he laid this out to me, Sean, or me, Ariel, and my mom. Okay. And my mom gets our grandfather's house out in Quebec. Like yeah. the house was the, both of theirs. And now it's just hers. So okay. he, you know, we each got something. It's not like my mom got sure. in, Nothing. Um, but in all reality, you know, my mom, when I was drinking for that year and a half, I never once told her I was drinking, yeah. uh, but I, she never asked either. And she didn't, she never was around enough to realize that I was drinking either. Uh, She doesn't come and visit Isaac much. She, you know, it's just one of those things where if she would have been present herself, uh-huh. she would have seen it, you know? Yeah. And so instead she's now mad at me that I lied to her. Um, and that I shouldn't get any of the things that Sean has left to me. Um, even though Sean knew that I was drinking, uh, and he and I had a really heart to heart talk on, you know, the 11th and I, you know, I not only did coming home and, you know, my boyfriend smelling it on me and him, he actually (laughs) called his dad, our best friend, Chris, and uh his mom (laughs) and they all did an intervention on me that night
1: yeah and
0: you know so but it it worked you know and it went it went shitty it fucking was shitty (laughs) for me (laughs) and i wasn't nice to them so i'm sure it was shitty for them too yeah but you know i've at least made one amends so well, actually, two amends out of those four people so far okay. with my step work, you know. Yeah. So I'm working on it. Um, interventions but you know, it,
1: are are <laughs> they're hard as heck. I mean, yes. There's no way around it, and I'm not going to sit here and pick on your interventions. So, but um, yeah,
0: that's it, always it was a good needed. start.
1: And it worked. You said it worked.
0: Yeah it it was needed because you know it it meant a lot for. Okay, I know my boyfriend loves me. He can tell me not to drink until his fucking face is blue, right? Sure. But it meant yeah. a lot that both of his parents were here when, you know, obviously my mom's not very present. Um, yeah. my dad is my dad is present, but he's in Maine. So he can't really do a ton, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it was very heartwarming and eye opening to see that people did care. And I think that was like one of the first times in a long time that i didn't feel alone yeah. and i was like okay there's there some fucking hope here there's yeah. some hope here and i've put down the bottle before i know i'm an alcoholic let's try aa you know and so um the next morning i mm. woke up feeling like dog shit you know so that was yeah. like 12 woke up feeling like dog shit and uh I don't know. I just, my boyfriend thought I was going to lay in bed all day and, you know, be hung over and probably drink again <laughs> and stuff like that. And so sure. he yelled at me, you know, get out of bed. You're not laying in bed all day. You know, today is day one and like Sergeant drill, drill yeah. master, you know, and, uh, you know, we also talked about, um, cause since I had tried AA before, you know, he didn't think that it was going to work. So he really wanted me to go to, you know, detox or, um, a, uh, like an inpatient place, you know, rehab. So I did look into it. Um, and the rehab place that I called was here in Broomfield and, you know, they asked me a shit ton of questions and pretty much determined via phone that I could detox on my own. Um, and so I, I did and I detoxed for the seven days and during that seven days I was going to AA meetings constantly Um, And, you know, like I said, that morning I was actually laying in bed. I had, for some reason, just like Googled online meetings. And I think I figured because of uh, COVID that there had to be
1: more online meetings, something.
0: Yeah. And so um, I Googled it and it it was at like six 30 in the morning on a Saturday. And I uh, found, I think it was the interlock or intergroup website. And then, yeah. of course, you know, I'm scrolling and I see a meeting and I clicked on it. And it was actually, of course, because nine times out of ten, when you go on there, you're going to end up on a meeting that's actually not even in your state. Correct. But <laughs> it was the Alano Club over there off of like 54th and um, yeah. like in Wheat Ridge.
2: Yeah. And they
0: do a hybrid meeting. Yep. And so I ended up in, an, in a Denver meeting at 7am on a Saturday in a hybrid meeting. And of course it was a very well-established group where they're holding hands in the hybrid meeting, but I'm like sitting here on zoom World, like, okay, I don't have to do that at least this time. Um, But I I do like praying now. I can at least say that, you know, I do pray now that I've worked the steps because I have found my own higher power. Um, And so, but of course I, I just, I didn't want to let it rub me the wrong way this time. So I just kept being open-minded and honest and willing. And I also did not trust women when I came into this program, my mom uh, being one of the biggest factors. um, But a lot of other women in my life, it's just typically I can trust the men in my life more than the women. And so I came in scared shitless that I had to get a woman sponsor And that I was going to have to work with like some emotional sappy person or something like that, that wanted to be my therapist and, Mm -hmm. you know, dissect my feelings. Mm -hmm. And I I don't, I'm not a feeling person very much. I am more now that I am working the steps because that's something that, you know, is one of my causes and conditions is that I bottle up all my feelings. Uh And so I can't bottle up all my feelings anymore. But I'm also not a super sappy person either, you know? Yeah. And so uh, anyways, yeah, about Um, day two or three, um, I was sitting in a meeting and this woman was talking about, you know, our sponsor. And then she happened to say him or he or whatever. And, you know, talked about how her sponsor was a man. And I'm like, what, 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 rule? where was the rule? And then of course, you know, I actually start asking people with time and they're like, there's no rule in the big book. It's yeah, just something that, it's just something that kind of is what it is. But it's not set in stone. You can work with a man as long yeah. as you work with a sponsor. You're good to go. I've,
1: I've sponsored women before.
0: Yeah, sure. yeah. And so um, it's not like I went out looking for a man, but just that little bit of hope gave me hope to look for a sponsor. Yeah. To, Open up to somebody, and, you know, and it and, does
1: say in the big book that it only takes a little bit to do that. So yeah, you did it right. You did exactly. Yeah, exactly I told you to do it in the big book.
0: Yep. And so you know, I started uh, going to more meetings so that I could meet more people, hear more people's stories, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I eventually was on at our time. It's eleven a.m. It's called um, No Rules, No Drama. Okay. And. It's an okay uh, meeting. It's very free flowing, no time limits and stuff like that. But it also doesn't really have like a topic starter.
1: So oh, it, okay. it sounds like, like celebrate recovery more than it does a but...
0: Yeah, exactly. Which is um, great. But that's that just happens to be the meeting that I found my sponsor in. And it's not okay. a meeting that Kim or okay. I go to regularly either. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's just the universe connecting two people, you know. And he went on there and he shared his hope or his strength experience and hope. Um, and he talked about how he got sober at 23 and how he, you know, had had gone through all this shit and done it on his own for a while. And then finally, you know, he met up with uh, just this dude that taught him the steps in such a simple logical wow. way that worked for him. And yeah. then not only taught him the steps, but also gave him a manual yeah. to teach those steps exactly how he learned those steps. And so, you know, that that's what caught my mind was like, wait a minute, okay, you got a manual for these steps. <laughs> you, you got sober around the same age as me. Yeah, um, I think he's about 10 years older than me. So he's not my age. Um, but he's got like 16 years of sobriety, which just blew my mind for somebody (laughs) under 40, you know? And so, um, yeah, you know, and that was one of the groups that it wasn't like you could message everyone or private message people. You had to message Mm. the co-host and then hope that the co-host sees it and messages them. And it it, it worked though. I got his, you know, uh, either he got my number or I got his number and we called, each other right after that meeting and we just talked for a little bit and he got me started on what we get our sponsees started on which is we call them our action tips and then mm-hmm. three suggestions um and the action tips are actually really Going through the first couple of, you know, detox days too. But then it moves forward. Uh, you know, so number one, call another alcoholic. So get phone numbers, you know. Yeah. So from day three, my sponsor was having me get other people's numbers and yeah. getting out of myself. Uh, go to a meeting, share yeah. what's on your mind, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Number three, read the big book. Uh four, make gratitude five exercise and that could be you know walking swimming running or just simply going outside okay. um, number six eating chocolate uh, soda candy sugar and yeah. then number seven he actually has on here called the central office for your area um so i have the denver central office on here. i have a sponsee in uk she looked up her number and put it on her stuff like that um, and then the first three suggestions are pretty simple suggestions. Call your sponsor once a day so yeah. that you can make the call when you actually need it. Yeah. And at first, you know, before he said, so you can make the call when you need it. I was like, oh, my God, you're going to be a babysitter. I don't, you know, I don't need to call you every day, you know. <laughs> and then as soon as he said, so you can make the call when you need it. Yeah. I just like a light went off in my head, you know. Yeah. And then also, of course, integrity, doing what you say you will, consistency ensures quality of life. Um, Number two is to go to a meeting every day. And then number three is to get a large big book. And what I mean by large big book is, you know, the first part of the book the 164 pages as well as the stories in the back Yeah. um and that was you know for me I didn't even really I knew that I was missing something but I got sure. my grandfather's AA book so I have a third edition Whoa. and then I also have <laughs> I have a tiny little pocket book too yeah. too
1: yeah and the
0: pocket book doesn't have the stories in the back
1: nope. so that's it's just one that's before
0: Exactly. So, you know, I love this one. I love all three of my big books. They're all written in at this point. Cause of course I had to get myself a regular fourth edition as well. Yeah. So, you um, keep so, up. That, yeah, so that just, that was such a, yeah. you know, an educational moment on day three. Like he actually finally explained my big books to me. Yeah. Um, I also had like the 12 and 12 from my grandfather um, I also have the, uh, it's actually an Alano book, but it's like pretty much their daily reflection book. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was, I thought it was our reflection book. And then when <laughs> I showed it to him, he's like, no, that's Al-Anon. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, it <laughs> yeah, still has I read good, Al-Anon good daily to
1: reflection too. I, I read yeah. their re- daily reflections. It helps. Me, yeah. It helps me work with other alcoholics.
0: Exactly. And I mean, it helps me too, with my own, you know, past yeah. experience with the alcoholics and my family. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, my sponsor, he just laid it out on paper for me, gave me instructions. Um, and everything in our manual is all in the big book as well too. Um, yeah. so, you know, he'd give me, um, a part to do, and I would if I had a question or something, I could go back to my step journal and read what he gave me. Yeah. And if I still had questions, then I could call him, you know. Yeah. But it was nice. And then when now that I'm sponsoring people, I'm giving them exactly what he gave me. That's it. And, and now that I go to the sponsorship family, uh-huh. um, it's it's kind of crazy. We have a once a month uh, meeting and the everybody in this meeting all has the same manual so we talk about it like everybody knows about it because we all know about it and it's just so (laughs) it's not a secret no it's just so amazing um and you know at at first my relationship with my sponsor was like you know i felt awkward and i felt like you know maybe i couldn't trust him um, but then I started thinking like, well, I have no reason not to trust him. First exactly. of all, he's just, he's two States away from me. First of all, I'm in Colorado, he's in yeah. California. Um, and he knows nothing about me. Um, and you know, yeah. it, slowly we started, you know, building a relationship. Yeah.
1: Um, the first anyways, two, when I meet with a sponsee, I'll meet with them a couple of times before we start doing any work. Cause what if they don't exactly. meet? What I, exactly, and that's happened to me before, Dion. I just don't. I'm not connecting, and so I go help them find another sponsor.
0: Good. That's yeah. I love that, and that's well, that's how it to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my phone is dying, but I'm still here. Um. So okay, <laughs> you know, with with finding somebody like that, and then um, when I got to doing my tenth step he uh introduced me to his sponsor which is my grand sponsor Mm -hmm. and our grand sponsor is in florida and our grants my grand sponsor reminds me a lot of my belated grandfather so it's just he left me a voicemail i was actually doing a lead for a meeting and he left me a voicemail the first time he ever called and it just like almost had me in tears because we're not alone you know just the beauty yeah. of this program we're not alone um and like that was you know it wasn't wrecking a car or even the intervention you know the intervention really did help yeah. um but it was the fact that i was just felt so alone
1: mm-hmm. um and
0: just so defeated those were the words that i knew before i came to aa right that's how yeah. i could describe mm-hmm. it but now that i know the big book pretty well I like to go to the page on 152 where it talks about someday he will be unable yeah, to imagine yeah. life either with alcohol or without it. Then he will know loneliness such as few do. He will be at the end, the jumping off place. He will wish for the end. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I misread that last sentence, that, but that's okay. It still
1: says the same thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I was at that jumping off place. I was, for the end, even though I had a lot of things to live for, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so you know, um, he walked me through the steps fairly quickly. Um, before going through the first uh three steps, we do like to have our sponsees read, um, up to the first 63, yes, yeah, page 63, second paragraph, uh-huh. um, or listen to it because, of course, during detox and Shoot, I couldn't even read for the first month of sobriety because I just could not yeah. focus.
1: I couldn't um, talk or walk. I had to relearn.
0: Exactly. We yeah. have to really recreate our lives is what yeah. it says. Um And, yeah, so, I, you know, we give option to listen to it, which the Everything AA app, you know, that's an amazing app for me because that's how I listen to the yeah. book.
1: Um, um, I love that app. The only thing that I don't like about it is the counting of days okay um, it,
0: it does count it kind of odd
1: well it isn't that it gives you a it gives you a chance to celebrate you know uh 142 days and that's not a celebratable in our in it and we we the reason we have my, that we have good reasons for those milestones yeah. because if i'm celebrating just because i'm sober today which is nothing to scoff at don't get me wrong okay but our success can't be time time because time doesn't matter it's a data time and if you got up before 11 30 a.m mountain standard time you have more sobriety than me today and that's how i look at it so um but other than (laughs) that i love that app it it um it was very much needed yes
0: yeah No, and I I agree with that too. I agree with the milestones and a lot of the things that were created in AA because there is a reason for those things. Yep. Um, You said too, you know, um, a lot of the slogans in AA is, you know, the 24-hour slogans and one day at a time, uh, keep coming back, things like that. But I think the most the one that hit me the hardest and it's not even a slogan. It's just something that a sober friend said was, you know, um, you and I are exactly the same. And this is somebody that has 39 years of sobriety, but she looked, she looked me dead in the eyes and said, you and I are exactly the same. If we pick up a drink today, we're dead. Yeah. And that's what really.
1: Yeah. Um, And so (laughs) she's, Everybody, score seven, but... zero is what we're saying, yeah. We are all, yeah, just as clear. it de- and time doesn't matter, it doesn't, yeah.
0: Time it... is our enemy. And then she also said that, um, you know, all we have is today, so I, I like that one, all I yeah. have is today, yeah. um, and that really helps me stay out of my head, you know, and the fact that I don't have a time machine, right? Exactly. The mind is the only thing that can time travel on the human body is the mind, (laughs) right? So if I I think about the past, right, I'm going to dwell on the past. And if I think about the future, I'm going to worry, I'm going to have anxiety, I'm going to do all those things. So yeah, I truly don't get me wrong, I plan things because that we have to plan things still. Um, But no, I'm not going to worry about who's going to die today, or, um, you know, things like that, you know, it's just it it wraps me in that spiral hole. Mm. Um, And yeah, so uh, getting through those first 63 pages, you know, it felt very daunting. But you know, towards the after I read um we read the preface, the forwards, we read oh, the yeah. read everything. After I read the doctor's opinion, um, and I, I actually had read it a few times in different meetings because I was going to so many meetings at that point that I would hear different parts of the doctor's opinion. Yeah. And as an alcoholic, for me at least, I have to hear things six different times for it to finally yep. fucking make From sense. Six and that- different
1: people in six different ways. Yep.
0: I love that the big book repeats itself so much because when you finally get the message. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, you know, I get to the 63 pages. We set up a time. He walked me through the first three steps in about two hours or so. Um, and I felt like, wow, okay, that wasn't as nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was already <laughs> shit that I had already decided, you know, yeah. like I, I really came back this time. Like, no, I'm done. Now help me with the solution. What was I missing that entire three years that I was sober, Mm -hmm. that I was still a fucking asshole all the time, you know? Um, And I also this time to the detox place, you know, I told you they told me to detox for seven days and then I could come in and talk to them about the rehab. Um, And when I went in to talk to them, I actually brought my boyfriend with me too. So he could get a vibe for it. Sure. Well, one, we both got really bad vibes from the place. And two, they don't use the steps or the AA program whatsoever. Nope. So nope. I honestly they looked don't. at that guy and I was like, dude, I've, I've tried it every way. I've tried that. I've I've done all that. Like, no, you don't they, use the steps. I was blown also, away.
1: Most of the people that are working there are also not in recovery. They're just young kids with bachelor's degrees trying to teach you their form of meditation. I could tell. I I hate to say this, but it's stupid.
0: Yeah. It really I'm not big
1: on. I'm not big on treatment anymore. Because it's not 12-step, it's not based on anything. It's just money grubbing. We can go to detox and AA just fine. Yeah. Yeah, so you
0: know.
1: Yeah. Does treatment help? Yes. But it's very expensive. The right treatment's very expensive.
0: The yeah. Right I, I think, you know, medically detoxing and then, yeah, like you said, the AA, that's sure. really what, what we need.
1: That's that's um, what we did. Or or maybe AA is not for you. So, you know, we go find you a different group. Maybe celebrate recovery where, you know, where there's no structure, you know, or yeah. there's Dharma Free recovery. Thinkers. There's, well, Bryony, There's... There's a lot of places to go.
0: Yeah, there's uh, I just came across free thinkers and it's pretty much a whole agnostic form of it. Yeah. And that that was cool to figure out. Not that I like, you know, I'm not on that level, but I'm I've always been a pretty open minded person and I really like to learn as much as I can so I can come up with actual, you know, an actual either opinion or decision based on the more information I have, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's why I'm really starting to explore every avenue of AA right now. Um, And so, yeah, so I uh, worked the steps with him. He he'd launched me into step four and that was really awesome. And he broke step four down into like six parts. Um, so that way I wasn't, yeah. So that way I wasn't doing it all in one sitting. Um, and I got through step four, I did step five, six, and seven, and, you know, pretty much started having that spiritual experience where my thinking started changing. Um, and once my thinking started changing and I started helping others and finished the steps and sponsoring other people, that's when it all really just changed, you know, I realized life wasn't as bad as I thought it was all these years, you know, yeah. and granted I'm only 29, but luckily I'm only 29 and I get to hopefully experience some life without yeah.
1: misery. Hey, I've heard your what story. Are you, doing? You, you had a bottom, you know, and that's why I never say rock bottom anymore because it's it's a bottom. It's a decision. Have you had enough? Are we done? Can we move forward? That's That's what we're coming down to. Um, yeah. But I will plant that seed. Um, my main mission in life is to ruin your drinking career, and I'm really good at it. Okay. <laughs> Keep your shirt on, buddy.
2: <laughs> it's
1: okay. <clears throat> we're doing a little work, we're doing a little work with the kiddo. <laughs> Need to be changed. Uh
0: yeah, so. Change in thinking, though, that really is what it's all about, because you're able to start thinking clear
1: um, Mm -hmm. and
0: making, you know, just non-selfish actions and decisions. And you're not always thinking about how you're going to benefit from something. Correct. I, I'm not a huge fan of baby showers, but even today at the baby shower that I went to this morning, you know, once I was there and present and yeah. playing with his and nephews, all of my selfish bullshit went out my head and it yeah. made me realize now this is why I come is to be an auntie, not to yeah. get sort of satisfaction out of, oh, this isn't a party, you know, but yeah. Yeah, so it's right. one of those things where it's just, it, it opens up so many doors, and I've never, I've had friends, but I have so many real friends now that I'm yeah, in AA.
1: Friendships in AA are different.
0: Yeah, and now I don't see my grandfather as just some weirdo Jesus lover. Yeah, sober yeah. i'm like okay no he was having a like, spiritual I experience it. <laughs> yeah you know, he was having a spiritual experience making his amends living his life and yeah I, I want that i want to pass it on
1: yeah
0: um yeah. and i want to live free as well and you know and uh my sponsor told me uh when we went through steps one two and three uh he had me turn to page i think it's 133 where it what god
1: yeah you're I... a little difficulty yes. there folks so i had to pause it but we are good now thank you
0: thank you um but yeah like i was saying for me if god's will is to be happy joyous and free that's mm-hmm. not just me that's everyone and i right. should be spreading good good karma and good vibes and you know, just trying to be a good human is how I'm looking at
1: it these yep. days. So. Now, well, from this story, this is what I hear. We we started out as a very lonely person, right? And we talked about loneliness a lot. And then, uh, and then you found some other people in your life that started to get rid of that loneliness, right? And then you weren't lonely anymore. And now you teach other people how not to be lonely. Exactly. Now you're now we're the hope. When you said neither do we in our past, we don't shut the door on our past. We don't. Um, and and that comes with you know getting rid of loneliness.
0: Yeah, every experience that I've been through has led me here, and now I can be of service and.
1: Exactly. I wouldn't have.
0: I wouldn't have been able to be of service if I hadn't gone through these experiences.
1: Exactly. Everything that led me to today made me and I wouldn't change it at all.
0: And one other thing too, that I like to keep in mind in this recovery process is that, you know, no one moment can be recreated. So even this moment right. right here between me, you, and everyone else that listens, yes, it will be recorded, but it will never be recreated nope, exactly that way, or even a moment or a feeling. And that's just yeah. a beautiful way to embrace what you're in at yeah. that time.
1: And and that's a, that's a really cool point to end on, because when I took that first drink at 14, I chased that moment for the rest of my life, for it to never happen again. Then I come into the program and I start doing the work, and new things happen the pink cloud is just a happiness you've never felt before okay yeah. you get one because you can never feel something new twice okay so that pink cloud only happens once the rest of the time you're just in a good mood so take it <laughs> you know um thank you very much for taking your time we've had some technical difficulties we got through those at the beginning um Amber and I were going to make this thing happen today. So,
2: (laughs) yeah. Actually,
1: we were like, okay, we're going to try Zoom. If it doesn't work, then we won't do it. God, fine. So, but it worked out.
0: I'm glad it worked out. I was excited with it being four months for me today. Yeah. Oh, today,
1: four months. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's a legitimate one
1: to celebrate.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, my uh my significant other, he's the one that usually gives me my chips now. Good. So that's it was really nice to wake yeah. up and, and get I, that. I saw
1: the other one that he bought for the other person. It was nice, man. So you should probably yeah. let Scott do the chip picking from now on.
0: Well, I picked out the one for the twenty five years. Oh, did
1: you? Good yeah. job. I liked it. It's pretty.
0: thank you. Pleasure. We got lunch with her tomorrow. I'm really uh, excited.
1: You look excited all right thank you everyone and especially amber for taking your time today you know as alcoholics we do we do um feel a loneliness that other people just don't really understand so it is important for us to let other people know that we're lonely um and that's what's great about podcasting and telling our stories it actually brings other people hope because then we can sit down and listen and look for the similarities instead of the differences. Um, I always thought that I would. That I'd just be who I was. And uh, you all get it. So, all right. Thank you, everybody, for being here. it has been a raw recovery uh, trudging together podcast. Uh, I love you. Peace out. And
2: have a day.